but I don't know how many people would, so we're not, I'm not going to go there. Hallelujah. All right. Well, listen, so we've got, we've got that um, time change coming up. And don't forget, also, you'll see in the bulletin that the 21st, we have the annual business meeting. It's immediately following the service. So we will have that there and, and be praying because we have some elections to do. And we want to make sure we have the mind of Christ and that, you know, people are paying attention. Amen. We, we don't like to vote for popularity contest. So let's stand up tonight. We're going to do some worship. Y'all ready? Father, we thank you that we get to, number one, be in your house tonight. It is still legal in this country. Amen. Number two, that we get to sing your praises, which is still legal in this country. And even if it wasn't, we would do it. And, Lord, that we, are finally, we finally see the light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID-19 virus. Yeah. Yeah. And as I've told you once before, I, I don't think it's a train anymore. And, Lord, I thank you that it's the light at the end of the tunnel and, and that we are being able to move past this thing, Lord. And, and I just thank you for your presence and your mercy and your grace. And, God, we come to lift up your name tonight, and we come to be in your presence and hear your word and all the things, God, that we can't even remember anymore. We just love you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to do a flashback song. We got to have a little bit of fun. Y'all ready? Okay, you ready? I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king, and nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king and nothing, Lord, is hindering his passion in my soul. And I'll become even more undignified than this. Some would say it's foolishness and I'll become even more undignified than this. Come on, y'all ready? I will dance. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king and nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king and nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. And I'll become even more undignified than this. Some would say it's foolishness and I'll become even more undignified than this. I'll sing it one more time. And I'll become even more undignified than this. Some would say it's foolishness, and I'll become even more undignified than this. Come on, y'all ready? Here we go. Na 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 na. Hey, come on. This brings you back to your teenage years. Na 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 na. Hey. Hey, come on, one more time. We're gonna scream Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Jesus, we worship you tonight, God. I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. And nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. I'll become even more undignified than this. Some would say it's foolishness, and I'll become even more undignified than this. Come on, one more time. Y'all ready? And I'll become even more undignified than this. Some would say it's foolishness, and I'll become even more undignified than this. Jesus, 
give him praise tonight. Listen, that's just one of those old fun songs, you know. I didn't grow up in church, but I was a youth pastor, so I can still enjoy it. It's another one of those songs that really doesn't have an ending. You just keep singing over and over and over, and you do the na-nas and all that. But, all right, can we get some serious now, though? We'll get into some, some worship now and some praise, and our musicians, their fingers are all loose and all that stuff. So, Father, we thank you.
Call the sea to still, the rage in me to still every way at your name, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, in silence
tonight hallelujah come on give him praise tonight Jesus father we worship you hallelujah turn and give somebody a spiritual high five and tell them he is worthy of it all he is worthy of it all hallelujah oh man so glad we figured out how to walk those two songs together. We could have just kept doing that all night, honestly, though. Whew. There's another one that we uh, know Rylan and Micah play it sometimes. It's uh, by Jason Upton, uh, an artist that I really like. And uh, it's called uh, Every Table is an Altar. And uh, we started practicing that one a little bit today. We probably could have done that one, too, but... Uh, it's just another uh, amazing song. It says, every table is an altar. Every breath is a gift from you. Every moment is a treasure. Every day is a kiss from you. But then it says, so let our hearts be awakened. Be awakened. Let our hearts be awakened. The chorus is, break the bread, pour the wine. Let our hearts come alive. In your presence, in your presence, let our fear fall away. Let our faith rise today. In your presence, in your presence. And you know, when I, when I was playing that earlier I, I never thought of that song in this this light until I was playing it and paying attention to the lyrics but you know the Bible says as often as we come together we do this we take communion right and, and that's what we did Sunday and it was just like he's there when we're taking communion and just I'm just so I'm thinking of this song in a totally different light now that that here's my Lord at the table while wow, this is how it's just like oh man so <laughs> I guess that when the, when the writer wrote it, that's what he was talking about. But if you go look him up, it's Jason Upton. Um, and uh, there's actually, uh, if you go to YouTube and you type that in and look at his latest video, he's uh, up there doing worship and ministering at the ramp last night. And it was almost three hours. And boy, you want to talk about good. I, I, I ran across it today and was playing it. But I, I want to talk briefly to us tonight about something that, that God's really been stirring in my heart again. And... Um, you know, I went last night back to Eunice, uh, that, that men's conference that, that we went to guys last year over in the Eunice area. I'm helping them, working with those guys this year. Uh, they're amazing. We're going to be doing that conference again in August. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's just a, an amazing thing 
just sitting around the table talking with these guys and, and just listening. And, and this year it's like, you know, we got to make sure we have salvation parts put in there purposely and this. And, you know, so it was just, it was like, yeah, planning. But we're speaking it into existence. And tonight I want you to open your Bible to Ezekiel 37. Uh, I've been going through reading the Bible in the message this time. I read it in different translations. But I've been going through reading the Bible like Sunday is going to be out of Ephesians, and it's the message. And I'm going to tell you what, if you've never read, you know, some of these. I, I know some people don't exactly like uh, the way it puts it, but I'm using it as a different way to make me think of the King James. The King James is always who I am. Uh, I, I tell people that my brain works in King James. Uh, it's written on a sixth-grade education, and it works just fine up here. Um, and, and But, you, you know, you laugh, but here's the thing. If you search for stuff on Google and you give it too much information, you'll never find anything. And my brain thinks like King James, and, and, and so it's very choppy. And so when I'm searching for th stuff on, on Google, and maybe I want a light, light, 12-volt, car, white. That's all I'm going to put. Doesn't make, you know, some people, automobile, 12-volt, no, no, I just. So I'm reading it now in the message, and it's just like I'm seeing things. God is pinging on things. And tonight, I want to talk to us about our mouth, about the very breath that comes out of our mouth. And, and, you know, if you've been serving the Lord any length of time and read your word, you're going to know Ezekiel 32nd. But I'm telling you, there, there, there's a battle going on, and we need to pay attention to what we're saying. Because what we say has life or death. And, you know, we're, we're going to, it'll be on the screen for you. But Ezekiel 37, we're going to read 14 verses. Can we do that? Is that okay to read a lot of Bible in church? Hallelujah. I'm glad you think that way because I do. And I happen to be the pastor and I'm the guy preaching, so I'm going to read it. So <laughs> here we go. Now I'm going to read it off that screen to make sure it's exactly what I have in my, work, my, my uh, notes right here. So God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them a lot of bones. They were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And like any good religious person would have said, oh, master God, only you know that one. I, I probably would have said the same thing. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll come to life. Now stop right there. Look, look at this right here. God the master told the dry bones, but who was prophesying? So was it Ezekiel telling the dry bones, or was that God telling? See, because he says, God the master. This is where I begin to see things. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm God bringing the breath of life to you, and you will come to life. I'll attach sinews to you. You'll put meat on your bones, cover you with skin and breath into you. You come alive and you realize, you realize that I am God. See, God is speaking to the bones because God has already spoke it, and now he's waiting for Ezekiel to speak it. Okay? Stay with me for a second. We're going to get there. Trust me. All right, go to the next one. There it is. And I prophesied just as I had been commanded. As I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, Jesus, and a rustling. The bones moved and came together. 
bone to bone. I kept watching, sinews formed, then muscles on the bones, then skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. Keep going. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath, God the master says, come from the four winds, come breath, breathe on the slain bodies, breathe life. Now, don't jump ahead, go back to five, five, six. Just remember nine for me, though, so you remember where we're at. God the master told the dry bones, watch this, I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll come back to life. He told them right there what was fixing to happen. He spoke the breath, and he was waiting on man to speak forth. Why do you think God did that? Why doesn't he just speak it forth and let it all happen? Because he chose not to. It doesn't make sense to me why he would rely on us for, for certain things. Like Jesus, he allowed Jesus to operate in these things. And Jesus said, the things that I do, you're going to do greater. And there is power, life and death in your tongue. And when we can begin to see what God is doing and listen to what he's saying, we can speak those things. All right, we'll jump back over to, to 10 now. So I prophesied just as commanded. The breath entered them and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Watch 11. Then God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Even the dry bones are speaking. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There's nothing left of us. Does, does that sound like our lost and dying world today? That's not what the media says. But can I tell you that when, when I meet people, listen, I, I don't always introduce myself as pastor. If, if you've known me for a while, you'll know that, you know, it, it, I do not just introduce myself as pastor. In a conversation, we'll be talking. They're like, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I pastor a church. I'll tell them that. But I, I don't, that's not my lead out. Unless I'm trying to get into a place that I really want to get into, then I'll pull my card out and play my pastor card. Hold on. For y'all people that haven't been around here too long. Or I'll do, don't worry, Mike, I'm going back up. I know I'm not supposed to be down there. But I left my Bible down there. I taught my another pastor many years. If you hold your Bible just just right, they know you're a pastor. So when you walk up to the hospital, I, I pulled this on a former pastor of mine. He thought I was joking. Walked up into the hospital. Yeah, my name's Pastor Richard Newman. Over at, uh, it was in another church at the time. I'm here to see so and so. Oh, come on in, Pastor. Come on in. They never let me in there. I said because you didn't walk in like you're supposed to be there. I just I said you got to hold your Bible right. So I always picked at him about you got to hold your Bible right. And God said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. There's nothing left of us. I run into people every day, guys. Every day that, that that's what I see. And I, I'm constantly trying to encourage. I'm constantly trying to speak life. But you know what? We've got an entire community around here, and it's going to take more than one person speaking. All right, you can keep going to 12. I'm going to get back to it. Don't worry. Therefore, prophesy and tell them, God the master said, I'll, look, at, look at how far God's even willing to go. That's what I say, the, the King James is amazing, I love it, but it doesn't go here. Tell them, God the master says, I'll even dig up your graves and bring you out alive, oh my people. You think you're far gone? God said, hey, listen, he'll dig you up if he needs to. 
O my people, then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel where I dig up the graves and bring you out as my people. You'll realize that I am God and I'll breath, breathe my life into you and you will live. Then I lead you straight back to your land and you'll realize that I am God. And I've said it and I'll do it. God's decree. Whew. Listen. We've got to get into the fight, but we've got to speak. We've been talking about battle, and we've been talking about all that. What do you need to speak? You need to speak what's in this right here. You need to speak what God's putting in your spirit. Because if you're not speaking those things, I don't care how bad it is. It doesn't matter to me how bad it looks. It's what God said that matters. Right? And, and there's that bumper sticker that they had at one point. It said, God said it, I believe, and that settles it. Can I tell you, your belief, don't change it. <laughs> God said it, that settles it. Now, do you want to be able to experience it? How are we going to reach our community? We're going to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, but it's not just going around telling people about Jesus. It's speaking forth into the land. It's speaking forth into the lives of people in the spirit realm. Praying and saying, God, I thank you for this region. Can I tell you that I have prayed for, for people more in the last couple months of salvation than I have in the last three years of being here, being here over four years now. You know why I think that is? Is if you remember the Sunday prior to, to Thanksgiving, we raised over $5,000. We sent 250 Bibles to Pakistan, I think it was Serbia and Indonesia, I'm sorry, to put in the hands of pastors and leaders and as, and as I prayed and I believed my God and I believe what his word said, that, Lord, I am sowing into the lives of leaders that will reach nations, and I'm believing for our community in return. That, listen, can you, can you imagine God? God, I'm going to give you a million bucks, but all I want is a dollar. That's what we said. We're talking about nations being reached that, that we, our church, has sowed into, and all we're asking for is a community. Do you think God's going to stop right there? I don't. Because we've got to begin to speak. But here's what's going to happen. We've got to speak life into things that you will live again. Marksville, you will live again. There will be more than enough jobs in our community. There will be people that are saved and set free. There will be churches that are on fire. There will be revival in these churches. We have to speak life over the people. We have to speak life over the land. We have to speak life over the families. We have to speak life over the jobs. We have to speak life over your car. Over everything. But what do we do? We get into the battle. Everything starts going good. We get complacent. And we just let it roll. Then all of a sudden that sniper pops in. Takes you out. And then you're getting up. Man, what was that? And you start speaking doubt again. Start speaking doubt again. Listen, I, I've, been, I've been praying with, with someone and, and working with them, and, and I've been speaking life into them the best I can. And, and I told them a story the other day about trusting God in faith. And you know what I told them? And I, I don't think I've ever quite said it to somebody like this before. I said, let me, I said, let me tell you, that, that the things that I'm sharing with you, the scriptures that I'm sharing with you, the stories that I'm telling you, and the lessons are not lessons I read in some book. They're lessons that I walked out one step at a time. 
I had to learn how to speak into my situation. I took what the Word of God said and I applied it. And then I began to walk it out. I said, a lot of people try to learn faith by reading books about faith, which is great. I read them. But what I'm telling him is, is you need to trust God in the midst of something that you can't see. And you've got to trust God when you've got nowhere to live. And you've got no job and you've got nothing. And he just looks at me and I say, you're getting ahead of God. Stop. And then I told him this. I said, stop settling. I don't ever settle. I don't need the best of the best. But I've learned through the years that I speak faith into things. And if I have a need, and you know what? I even bring my wants and desires to God. My children do. Now, my wife never does. She never asks for things. She's amazing. But I still get her stuff anyways, and I get in trouble. But you know what? We go to God and say, God, you know, I really would like this. So we speak life into those things. I speak life into my finances. You've got to prophesy over your finances if there ain't nothing in it. This is fixed to take a turn, but that's okay. Listen, when I was learning to, to speak life in, into what I was reading right here, I grabbed my wife's megaphone one day. We were living in Beaumont, Texas on Shepherd Street. Our first house, to, our first real house together, we lived in an apartment prior to that in a hotel for a while too. And, and I was kept looking at the bank account and the wallet, and there was nothing in it. And I got so fed up one night, I grabbed her megaphone. She used to be a cheerleader, and I started walking around the house, quoting scriptures with a megaphone. You think I look undignified? I did, I, you can ask her. I walked around the house with a megaphone, quoting scriptures. Why? Because this thick skull needed to get it in there. Because, and I began to walk around the house screaming it. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And I said every one of them. And my bank account shall be running over. And I'm going to need more than one bank account. And I began to speak it into existence. And I even went as far as this, that God's no respecter of person. And he did it for Pastor Flippo, so he's got to do it for me because my Bible says I'm his favorite. Of course, if you read yours, you'll find that you're his favorite. You see, you've got to speak it into existence, but the problem is, is we don't want to look like we being all that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm trying to tell you the truth. If you will walk around your neighborhood and begin to tell them, God, I thank you that this neighborhood is mine. Any property that, I'm, that I live on, I walk the four corners. I walk the four corners. And I tell them, God, I thank you that this property is mine, but it is yours, and I'm watching over it. And that nothing will enter these walls, even though there's no fences. Because you have encamped your angels around it. And guess what? I lost my house in Hurricane Rita. You know what I told him? Daddy, I don't really know why you let a tree fall through your house, but I'm going to need another place to live. Me and my family are just going to need a place to live. You see, I begin to speak, and I begin to thank God for what I didn't have. But the problem is, is we say we're going to reach our community, but we're not spending any time on our knees, and we're not spending any time speaking. we got to speak life we got to speak life, and we've got to speak death to what the enemy is doing. It's all in our mouth. All in our mouth. I know I told you that was all, but go pull up John 14, 11 through 14. Yeah, I forgot about this one. See, I put it in my notes, but we were running late. I didn't get to tell him all of it. John 14, 11 through 14. I'll let him get ready. 
Look at what Jesus says right here. Give it Micah a moment. There it is. He says what? Believe me, I'm in the Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see. When's the last time you saw a miracle? When's the last time you saw God do anything? Or are we so focused on the big things that we don't even realize the small things that God is doing? We don't. Can, can I tell you a secret? I'm not great at it, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Or I'm trying to practice. <laughs> I try to pay attention when I see God doing things. I really do. Like, like for instance, all of a sudden I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, during the day I'm, I'm moving around through town and, you know, just going to businesses or doing whatever I'm doing. And if I keep running into the same person a few times, I start questioning. Oh, what's up, Jesus? Hmm, okay. And I'll begin to specifically start praying over that person. I'll begin to speak life. I don't know if they're saved or not. It doesn't really matter to me. But if I'm seeing that person a few times, I'll begin to speak life into it. Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I know it's going to be blessed and, and it's going to be amazing. And I'll begin to speak into it. And I'll begin to speak into it. And can I tell you that, that over the last four years, I've been able to speak in a lot of people's lives because of that. I paid attention to where I saw God's hand doing something. That's kind of unusual right there. God must be in something. If you will stop and pay attention to what he's doing, you'll find yourself moving the same direction, and then you can begin to speak what he's speaking. See, because it would have been really easy in, in the other scripture, which you leave that one up, for us to just look at, we've got a casino up here, which I love the story of the casino. I'm not trying to pick on the casino or anybody that works here. But, but I, I heard the story when the sign came on, it just said sin, not casino. And, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, God has a sense of humor. I guess their sign wasn't working. Or somebody told me. But you know what? I, I don't see that. I, I don't like gambling. I don't like any of that. But you know what? That's a building that we could use one day. That's the way I look at it. Jesus, come on. You, you know how many people we could have? We could have a dream center right here. Like Atlanta and like California. And I'm just throwing it out there. Speak it. Begin to speak it. Begin to say, God, we're going to need it. Why? So you can have a big church? No, because people need help. See, my pastor in, in Texas, I remember a meeting we were at one time, and it was so hilarious. I was really new in, into ministry, following him around. He was mentoring me. And, and we were at a big uh, meeting down there, and one of the other uh, pastors asked him, so Flippo, how, how many people are you running? 15,000. Flippo, Flippo, Flippo. There ain't no church in the Golden Triangle got 15,000 people. How many are you running? 15,000. Flippo, ain't no church that big around here, man. What, how many people you got? Oh, I got about 15, but I got the rest on the run. He said, because I claimed it. I claimed it. Start driving the streets of this city and say, God, I thank you for the streets. I thank you for the souls. Start speaking it. Or you can drive around and say, this looks bad. This looks bad. If you can't believe it, believe what you see. People are getting saved. People are getting set free. People are getting healed. Believe these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things because I, Jesus, on my way to the Father, and I'm giving you the same work to do that I've been doing, going around doing good, preaching the kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. Not one day when we get to heaven. At hand. 
You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I'm doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. Look at that. Listen, what are we speaking? Let's speak life. I'm telling you, I speak life over this community and this region. I speak life. I constantly pray, and if you hang around me, you'll hear this a lot. I pray that every church in our region that is preaching and teaching the truth of God's word would have a revival. Period. I don't care what denomination they are. And I tell people this all the time. It's his name over the door, not mine. And I think he's big enough to take it off anytime he's ready. <laughs> if they preaching and teaching truth, I want to help them. I want to connect with them. I want to pray for them and do. But what are you speaking? It's bad. It's doom, gloom, and agony on me. Let me challenge you. For the rest of the week, j just, just a three-day challenge. This isn't even a, a month-long challenge. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, and Sunday. So it's, it's literally four days. Multiple times in a day. Thank God for the region. God, I thank you that we, are, we have received this region for your glory. I thank you that this region shall be saved, that people will be set free, people will be healed by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the jails will empty because there won't be any crime. People will pull their pants up. Y'all needed some comic relief, I was just saying. Not that people with their pants sagging are not saved. I'm just, y'all needed something to laugh at. You see what I'm saying? For, for the next four days, speak it and see what happens. Speak into your business. Can I tell you that, that businesses that I've worked for through the years, I always speak a blessing over them. Even if I don't like what I'm doing, I speak a blessing over them. You know why? Because God's using that business to bless me. I speak a blessing over them. And I don't care how they use the money. That's on them. I'm not in charge. They are. But God's using it to get it to me. I thank him that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, just for me. And it's going to come in. See, it's speaking these things. Why? Because God said we can do it. But what stops us is our doubt. What stops us is, is we think it's prideful. Listen, I'm not thanking God for, for a million-dollar mansion. I'm thanking God that I have a nice home to live in that's paid for. Right? I'm thanking God that I have something nice for my wife to live in because she deserves it. Me, I just need a couch. You see, I'm not being, I'm not talking about the whole name and claiming. You go out to the you know, Cadillac and you lay your hand on it and then you sign a paper and you got a five-year note. That's not a blessing. Can I just tell you right now, that's not a blessing. Unless God brings you the money to go pay cash for it. Let's start speaking it. Four days is what I'm asking you. Four days. Begin to speak into our community. Speak into your community because can I tell you, you are the pastor of your community. You're the pastor of your home. And if they don't get saved, it's your fault, pastor. Don't call me. I had a parent years ago tell me that, that they didn't think coming to church was very good for their teenager. And I said, why? Well, they don't really see much of a change in their life. So, you know, I must be doing something wrong. And I said, well, I said, I'm sorry you think that way. I said, but I see them for an hour and a half once a week. They live at your house the rest of the time. They just looked at me. <laughs> Probably wasn't the best thing to say. Of course, then I started picking at my pastor. I said, Pastor, actually, it would be your fault and not mine. He said, why? 
Our service is maybe an hour and 15 minutes or so, but yours is two hours on Sunday, so you get them more than I do. And, but, you know, just joking around with it. But it, it's, listen, it's on you. What are you speaking, guys? Go read that chapter in Ezekiel 37 again. And, God, I speak to the dry, dead bones of our city, the lost children in our city that Jesus died for. And I thank you that they're being saved. Now, are they all going to come to this church? I could care less what church they go to as long as they're preaching and teaching truth. I, I, that's, that's always, y'all know that. Yeah, I, I don't care. Just go somewhere and serve Jesus. So tonight I'm going to speak over you. I'm going to speak over you as God has commanded me to do as his army, as his children. And I want you to go in turn and speak over this community. Amen. So let's stand up tonight. So, Lord, I release your word tonight over your children. Lord, I release right now that they are a mighty army. They are more than conquerors. Anything that comes their way will divide into two ways. Anything that comes against them will go in two directions. Lord, that the standard has already been raised up against the enemy. Lord, I thank you that there will be peace in their homes and health and prosperity in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that dreams are coming forth through them. Dreams in the name of Jesus. Of things that they have lost hope in many years ago. That their hearts will be drawn once again to you, O oh God. And that they will find once again they have desires to serve you in ways that they thought they were way beyond. I release once again the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit into their lives and into their voices. Let the breath of God flow through them once again. As they go out, speaking over our community, God. Holy Spirit, constantly remind them that we need to be speaking life and not death. Life and hope and peace, mercy and grace, and not condemnation and judgment. Father, I release to them right now in the name of Jesus, your words. And the power that goes with your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, we got to start speaking it. We got to speak it. Because like what you see Sunday when I, when I start preaching about that, it's we got to move forward. Because you know what? God is doing some amazing things. And he is wanting to do some things in this house. Amen. And you know what? We're here, so we must be the people he wants to use. Amen. So listen, I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. See, it's not super late. Still get home and get some rest. And, hey, y'all get up for the worship team tonight, man. Did they do an amazing job? <laughs> Love those guys. Amen. So, listen, come Sunday and be prepared to, to worship, but for four days. Four days. Which, really, it's not even four days when you count it. Four days. Speak life, and let's watch what happens Sunday. Amen? All right, God bless you. Listen, y'all go visit and hang out and social distance or whatever else you think you need to do.